Previously on 1P D&D. At the foot of the bridge, there is a rack of antlers mounted to a nearby tree. There's all kinds of dark dealings going on in the hills around here these days. Just then, a young girl comes running through the door and she says, The chicken shipment was attacked! So yeah, I guess I'm gonna go investigate some chicken stealers! You see four freshly dug shallow graves. You can see a slender old tower circled by large birds. Lady Myrie? Who's- who can I- say is calling. It's me, it's Eric. Lord Neverember is out here on official harper business. The harper sent him here to investigate some strange druidic cult. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Great. Yeah, you're actually really lucky that you're here. This is the 10th anniversary of the formation of the Feathergale Society. I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't want to regale. No, there's going to be a hunt afterwards. Alright, let's, let's feast it up, man. Alright, Trevor, it's almost lunchtime. Let's describe a feast. I'm already there, so can I disguise myself into a cuter outfit? Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. What cute outfit do I wear? This is this podcast. Oh, yes. What what pretty pretty do I want to dress as? Are they dressed up all formal? Does she get the vibe this is going to be like nights hanging or like a formal event? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Copy. Yeah, like, they're all wearing, like, white robes with, like, this gray kind of, like, feathery motif. But it looks cool. like, it's like, have you ever seen uh, Fleet Week, all the Navy sailors in their white uniforms? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, they're, like, they're wearing their, it, it's still a kind of See. militaristic organization, but they're not wearing, like, they're dressed for combat. I understand. I've been to Israel. There you go. <laughs> so she's gonna dress, because she doesn't really want to be in a dress. And, like, uh, she's the Missy Wren. She wants to look nice, but she's not, like, dressing up for him. And she doesn't need to be all feminine and cutesy. Like, she doesn't need that. So, but she's going to look pretty. Uh, sorry. Like, confident. Um, and so she, uh, she changes her, she, like, disguises self to, mi- to this, like, forest green, satiny-looking tunic. Ooh, okay. That has, like slanty short sleeves mm. so like mm-hmm. it's just her arms mm-hmm. out and what are we looking at with the collar a collar or with, i like, think with it's the, with the neckline i should say yes it's like um it, it's like a chinese style collar but like button popped open at the front it's casual Can't it's relaxed perfectly and uh i want this outfit <laughs> you want this pretty pretty and i want uh, to have pretty pretty and then she's gonna wear light tan breeches and dark brown boots with like green socks between the breeches and the boots Mm -hmm. i guess i can do my hair too dude i want this spell for my real life it's also got other like more nefarious applications but i love that it's dress up (laughs) just why not i I haven't used magic in so long she feels so good and this is like a blessing too this is like the raven queen's thing because this is my new eldritch invocation which i changed when i leveled up i recall i was here we were all here I'm reviewing, just in case. Mike, were you here? Mike was here. Who's Mike? One of our listeners. <gasps> oh, thanks, Mike. Uh, and um, I think her hair is going to be braided. Carrie Fisher's daughter in freaking Star Wars, I think, has this haircut, where the hair is, like, back, but instead of being in, like, a bun or a ponytail, it's one Oh, is that the girl that who looks like tall Maisie Williams? Is that Carrie Fisher's daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Okay. This is your, how you're going to this feast. And, like... I think he like walks past you, and as he walks past you, you're in this outfit, and you like uh-huh. follow down behind. 
you walked down the stairs back into this great hall, and I can see there's a, a dozen or so more knights have joined, uh, the ones that you know, who are all set up with their uh, bands like Tuning Lutes and uh, <laughs> a, a Tabor. I should say not a drum, but a Tabor. Ooh, nice. Thank you. And they are all like bringing out cauldrons and like covered pots full of stuff and sending them down to the table. And um, Lord Commander Moruska gestures and he says, Boys, boys, please, we have a guest with us this evening on this auspicious occasion, the 10th anniversary of the Feathergale Society. Please welcome into our midst. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your, uh, your, your family name. I, uh, Stone Daughter. Miss Myri Stone Daughter. <clears throat> she has come to us from uh, from afar in the hills and has many deeds of bravery to to regale us with over the course of dinner. All no, hail! We don't need to regale. <laughs> all, all hail! All hail and regale. So yeah, yes, Myri, tell us about it. where where do you hail from to begin with? <laughs> We're just going to know one another. Uh, yeah, I'm actually from Waterdeep. From Waterdeep! And everybody goes up, from Waterdeep! Yeah, and they all toast to Waterdeep and fucking, like, oh, give cute. each other cheers. Cute. Well, no wonder I've taken you so quickly. I should have seen you a, a woman of the city. Yes, of course. Me. A woman of the city. A tragedian uh, of the city. Yeah, I even had a place on Trollskull Alley for a while. Not the nicest <laughs> spot, but getting there. Trollskull Alley? You're not, not the place that makes that fabulous avocado toast. Yes! I'm so glad it took off. Some really of our newest recruits wrong. brought a parcel from Waterdeep. We, oh, we've been trying to recreate it since, but it's so difficult to find good avocados in this part of the world. Oh, so true. It really has to do with the lemon pepper you put on top, though. Lemon That's pepper. That's the true secret. Boys, write that down. Lemon pepper. Mm-hmm. Secret recipe. Yeah. And in the background, we've got, uh, uh, like, like me a lot. You know I like you a lot, too. <laughs> Good. I don't think we can get seed for that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if we do, please don't. Yeah, I eat some of this feast. Uh, so you, is there bread? There's is a there, uh, giant, there like, there's a pot put in front of you. An, uh, an unseen servant, um, and just an invisible hand, lifts the lid and steam billows out. And this pungent smell of uh, ginger and uh, like lavender and thyme all comes out. And you look down into the pot and it's just steam. Uh, she looks at the pot and she, like, gets even closer and, like, touches it. Is it hot? Um, yeah, it's, like, warm. She touches it and goes, uh, uh, wait, uh, there's no... You look up around and you see the other knights going... <sighs> oh, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Just inhaling deeply all the steam. Uh, she inhales, I guess. It smells good. Um, your face, it's kind of hot and your face gets wet. She leans over to the knight to her left and goes, Is there any food? This is a ceremonial occasion of the Feathergear Society. This is the food. Just embrace the vapors. Try and become the steam. Her stomach rumbles. <laughs> and you see all of them are like wafting toward their faces and like getting loose. <laughs> she, uh... Tries to inhale again. Make a constitution check. Twelve. Um, as you're inhaling, you feel this, like, kind of rush going to your head, and, like, things are getting sharper and clearer, and, like, you're really getting into the music. And you're still hungry, but you see all these guys, like, inhaling, and they're, like, 
Miss Mumping and uh, Commander Morosco is, mm, oh yeah, oh, oh, that's so good. So, um, Stone, uh, Myrie, Myrie, that was your name, yes, Myrie, ha. Huh? So, uh, from Waterdeep, what brings you to this uh, <laughs> barren corner of the world? I, uh, actually on my way home. Uh, so vague, I love it. Mm, heading, back, heading back to Waterdeep? Good, back to civilization, yeah. You're certainly into this whole civilization thing. Mm, I miss the city of Waterdeep. I only come out here once every season for a while, but I've, oh, I've been so long ever since Lady Odyssey has enlisted the knights to her cause. Lady who? Oh, Lady uh, Erisi, our, 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 our true leader, the, uh, the prophetess, Yonsi Bin. Don't you just feel your blood becoming clearer, yeah. the air so bright. Is Yonsi Bin a god? Uh, make a religion check. <gasps> religion? I think I don't suck. Eleven. No god that you've ever heard of. Okay. But that's a lot of gods. There's a lot of gods. Could be yeah. a regional god. Yonsi Bin. Iracy. Ah, uh, cool. She leans over to the knight to her left again, who she just decided is, is her, her friend yep. now. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she goes, I feel weird. Yeah. Uh, no, you can feel it, right? The air, it's getting electric, it's tingling. You can practically taste the thunder. Uh, thunder? The oncoming storm. And he's like shaking. Uh, when suddenly the doors to the Great Hall fly open and uh, you hear a sentry shout, The Manticore! It's on the move! Uh, at this announcement, the Feathergal Knights all cheer and rise as one, the feast before them lying, uh, steaming. We should take this opportunity to slay the monster, Moroska says. From his finger, he removes a feather-patterned golden ring uh, set with a garnet and holds it aloft and saying, A prize for anyone who brings me the beast's head. Uh, uh, okay. She gets up with her new friends and goes outside to see this manticore. Uh, they're all, like, heading down. Uh, and Eric joins with you and goes, uh, Myrie, do, are you joining us with the hunt? I guess so. Did you eat any steam? No, I've, we've got some steam back in the green room for later. The green room is actually just my room, but I painted it green. <laughs> are these guys cool, Eric? I trust you. Well, I mean, they're, they're nice and all. They're really, they're really manly. I'll put it that way. You know, they remind me a lot of my dad. Oh. And my brothers. Oh. Um... Um, uh, Neil, uh, Jimmy, do you want to come with us to on the hunt? Uh, I've never liked hunting. I'm going to stay here. Yeah, I think you might as well go ahead. Uh, Mari can use my hippogriff. That's fine. What? Oh, yeah, we're going to ride on hippogriff. Come on, Mari, come on down. Uh, you guys hold down the fort. Oh, what is it? An inflatable fort. Is it going to fly away? What, what do you mean? It's a joke. Uh, I don't understand. Like, like it's... You said hold down, I guess. The, yeah, the hold key. down the fort. A... No, it's, the expression is hold the fort. We're not going to hold down the... The fort's built onto a rock. It's made of stone. It's not just going to suddenly fly away. We don't have to hold down the fort. We hold the fort. It employs a military strategy. We have the fort. We want to keep the fort. We're going to hold the fort. I don't understand. Let me show you the hippogriff. <laughs> uh, is it a hippogriff like Harry Potter hippogriff? Or does hippogriff mean big bird? No, hippogriff means hippogriff. It's got It's a eagle front and a horseback. Well, and you uh, head down the stairs this time, down the staircase into a stable, and you can already see knights like, yeah, yeah. They like uh-huh. jump and fall off. Like they basically run off the cliff and then fall and then fly off into the gully. <gasps> oh, golly, what a gully. I, uh, oh, I can ride this? Yeah. What color is it? This is Gilly. Uh, what color do you want it to be, dude? It's your podcast. I want it to be a road. 
great. So it's like kind of red, like my hair, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like a ginger, like a ginger hippogriff. Yeah. Um, this is Gilly. Oh, Gilly. Hi there. Is this animal going to like me? Do I need to roll for this? Yes, you do. You need to make an animal. Do that little sound again. My heart. <laughs> I know it's just coming out of your mouth, but it sounds so cute. No, it's coming out of Gilly's mouth. She's a hippogriff. She's there. Yes, this is all real. Everyone listening, I'm looking at it. I just have to describe things for Lee because she keeps her eyes closed for fun. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Should I roll this animal handling like, now to see how yes, you should. pissed it is? Nine. Okay, it like, you're not my usual rider, kind of like shuffles underneath you, but you get on. And Eric's like, come on, Gilly, we're hunting Manticore. And uh, he gets uh, on his own hippogriff, uh, who is like a kind of pinto, like spotted one with uh, uh, some like mottled feathers. And he's like, come on, let's go, Myrie. Yeah. And you run off to the edge and jump and you leap and you're free falling. Yeah, I think he, he slaps the haunch of my yes. and it just goes. Yeah, and he's like, runs <laughs> taking off. And you're like falling him toward the ground when the wings open and catch. And you're <laughs> flying through the air. Have you ever flown before? No. <gasps> not even a little bit. So exciting. I don't think, she's not afraid of heights. She used to run on roofs, mm-hmm. but she's never flown. No, but like this is a whole new sensation. and like the, A the, whole new world. Nope, sensation. Sensation. <laughs> Myrie is like holding onto her hat and she's like getting stuff in her mouth so he, she puts her red bandana yep. Yep. up over her nose and ties it and there's like strings on her hat and she ties it to the to the strings to hopefully keep it tight against her head. Uh, definitely. Also you're uh, I think send us fan art. You're like <laughs> your disguise, your formal wear melts away as you Yes. Like like it like like it's getting blown away like grains of sand yeah. or like because um, there's like things in the air yeah and it like and now you're in like your action and clothes. it's my hat and like yep. yes exactly um, and you're like you've got the reins and you're like flying through the air roll a d20 please sorry I need a music oh totally yeah no you need flight music I just literally just typed in flying RPGs to see what happened shout out to Joshua Pembearson. thank you Joshua Pembearson. hit it I turned to pirate music then I was like I should be listening to western. Yeah, the pirate section comes later. You're not near the ocean right now. <laughs> there is a river, though, that cuts through, winds through this canyon. It kind of looks like, like Utah or Colorado or Arizona, where there's that one particular one. But, like, you know, you can see the striations on the rock where the river has worn it away over the course of time. And there's, like, big plateaus that just rise out of nowhere. <laughs> Wind catches underneath the air. You fly through, soaring through this gully past these, like, giant jagged rocks um you can see the uh, shapes of the other knights this hippogriff has kind of int- intentionally tried to catch up with them oh so yeah roll a d20 do i add uh you don't just give me a 11 the naked 11 you uh are flying for some time but you don't you don't quite see anything i think there are i'm gonna see two other groups of hunters with you um like Harry Potter would in Quidditch. I want to look and see if the hunters see anything. Good call. If they've good call. Anything. Yeah, if I could check the other seeker. Uh huh. Check the other seeker. Um, no, they're both soaring around in formation. They're kind of spreading out among the gully. One of them like dips down below and like skims the river and is like winding around over the water's edge. Uh, roll a d20 again. Six. You go high up into this like fucking cloud bank and you're like feeling the chilly water uh that is clouds turns out clouds are water 
then kind of go down below and I think like bring a hand up through and just let it trail uh, through the cloud, letting it pass along you. They are going to check one more time. They scan and see. You can see actually like uh, the clouds part a little bit, uh, maybe because you parted them with your hand. And the moon shines down uh, on this gully. And you can see it stretching out wide past you. The air is still even up here. It's chilly, but it's not like blowing blustery as um, uh, Gilly beats at the air. Make one more check. 18. And you spot it. Coming around this plateau, you see a flash, a dark glint. The moon illuminates the misty canyon, and in the far distance, a single shard of darkness moves, flitting in and out of the mist. Then the shadow sinks beneath the bank of clouds, but you're on it. I follow it. You dive down and you see you're in within about a hundred feet of it. You can see its scorpion-like tail whipping behind it and catching the air as it flies, uh, unaware of your presence. Wicked barbs line uh, its spine all the way down to its tail, where it kind of clusters. It basically looks like a porcupine is hanging on for dear life on the back of this lion that has long bat-like wings. What do you do? Are there people around me? Just uh, uh, Eric is like slightly uh, behind you, um, but the other knights are off in other parts of the canyon. Can this thing move way faster than me? No, it cannot. Sick. I mean, it can move way faster than you. It can't move way faster than Gilly. Yes, correct. Sick. Uh, Myra's just so excited to use magic. So she's gonna hit this thing with a... Hit this thing with a wrathful smite. Oh, shit. So black feathers, all the black swan, sprout up your forearms like a huntress. Um, you kind of... <laughs> X-wings in attack formation. These feathers go up over your arms. It's flapping like, fairly lazily. It's not really like, it's hunting, but it's not, uh, it's not running from you. Right now it thinks it's the predator. So it like is soaring, kind of stalking, looking for prey, and it dips down below. You, I'm gonna have it make a perception check. The wind is rushing past you and it doesn't hear you as you sneak up behind it and you come within melee range. I summon my hex flame to my hand. It's like at my belt, and I just hold my hand up, and it like, like puffs out of existence at my belt, and, and puffs yep. into existence at my hand, and I'm gonna. But I think just gonna, for like style, it looks like you force grab it, like it's a lightsaber, and it just like. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah. And I, I turn Gilly on her side, so now she's perpendicular to the ground, uh-huh. and I slash this thing. Make an attack roll. Twenty-three will hit. So roll I think D8 for damage, your sneak attack dice, which is 3D6, plus an extra D6 from Wrathful Smite. So I... It's been so long since I fought anything with a sword. 24 damage coming at it. Holy and shit. 6 of that is uh, sight. And you need to make a wisdom saving throw. It got a natural 1 on its wisdom save. You came so out, like, out of the blue and... <laughs> <laughs> begins fleeing as fast as it can. It's like, yeah, it's terrified, but its roar echoes through the gully, and you hear in the distance, a hunting horn go off. Eric goes, you got it, Myri! You said 24 damage? 24 damage. Uh, oh, but uh, that was your surprise round. Roll initiative now. Dirty 20. There it is. You go first. I think I'm gonna... Oh, this raffle smite lasts till I stop concentrating, huh? It does, but it doesn't do any more extra damage for whatever reason. 
The frightening stays. The the damage is gone, but the fear remains. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens is essentially through that's dark. Through uh, the so feathers dark. like invert and kind of like as if they're being blown uh, like against the grain through your blade, and now there's like as you strike at it, this raven uh, like monstrous looking raven like a fucking aerial in the tempest erupts from the blade and is now like pecking and pestering and like cawing in the ear of this manticore. Cute. The only thing that breaks a concentration spell is another concentration spell, right? Yeah, or if you take damage, you have to make a check to see if you can maintain concentration. Cute. Love it. But you can cast okay. other spells that don't use concentration. Right. Like Eldritch Blast. Um, For example. So, Porta Hempel. So, I'm just thinking. Okay, so Myrie turned Gilly on its side to take this strike, and then I think she swoops under the beast and like comes up on the other side and as it's like getting scared and running away and she throws her blade up and it poofs into like a cloud of feathers and then she spools up to eldritch blast and boom boom hell yeah do a thing uh roll your attacks 18 and then 15 both will hit roll 2d10 23 damage (laughs) you pepper through its wings flies down and, and, like, tries to like, head toward the ground. It's uh, uh, shaky, though. And it goes, Murray, you've got it! And, uh, shoots a little bow that goes wide over it. And goes, uh, no, but you but you did really good! Thanks, Eric! It, as it's falling, whips around and kind of swings its tail toward you, and you see three quills detach and fly toward you. Unlike porcupines, this thing can actually shoot its spikes. Very good porcupine facts. My favorite porcupine fact is that they sleep in trees, but they're not good climbers. So the number one cause of porcupine death is defenestration. Okay, that was a crit. <gasps> no! Also, I've got real bad news to make you even sadder. Oh, no. Plus nine is 27. Stop adding. Stop adding. Tell me that's the end. 27 damage coming Gilly's way. Oh, no. Yep. These three tail spikes go, and Gilly spins and falls. She's like trying to catch uh, with her wings as she's heading down toward the ground. Sorry, trigger warning: animal violence. Is it my turn? It is. You're falling. Is there anything I could do to help this beast? Which beast, Gilly? Gilly. Not as you're falling, but you are. You're very close to the ground. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm falling towards the ground. Um, I'm gonna die. Is Eric above me? Um, yes. He's, like, can nearby. I, can I shoot an arrow with a rope towards Eric? Man, motherfucker, <laughs> try jumping for once in your goddamn life. She's trying to hit arrows. Falling damage! You Mulan motherfuckers. I can... I, I'm gonna jump, too. It's gonna be both. <laughs> All right, I can. Oh, this is so sad. This this beast is dead. Can I kick off of Gilly to try and cushion my fall and like land amongst trees? How can I not die? Oh, oh my god! How bad does the manticore look? Fucking bloodied. It's like the reason you're so low to the ground is because it's having trouble. I want to jump on the manticore. Hell yeah, dude! Make an athletics check. Okay, I I see poor Gilly falling. I'm struggling, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Gilly. I'm really bad with the animals. And then I <laughs> jump off and, like, 
Myri flings her arms out into like a V. She crosses the moon like a shadow. Yes. Going towards this creature that I want to say glows a little bit. What am I making? What is this? Athletics. Roleplay. 19. Yeah, you leap past the moon and wrap a hand around either of these sinewy uh, wing muscles. They feel like, like <gasps> shoulders. And you like, grab on him as it like, oh, beats against the air trying to get you off. Thrashes around you. Make an animal handling check. 15. 15. Okay, you manage to hang on and you grab. And what's even better is you don't pierce any of your parts on its spines. Uh, but you situate yourself in this like... Uh, crook. Yeah, this crook between its uh, wing blades. You are on top of it. It is... Uh, I don't know whose turn it is. It's your turn. I didn't write any of this down. I'm just pl- fucking playing Calvin Ball with whose turn it is. I love it. Eric's going to tra- shoot another arrow, though. But you hear in the back, Oh my gods! And uh, as an arrow sinks into this manticore right next to you, like a, a new quiver joining its spines. How much damage did he do? He did six damages. Oh, that's good. Um, it, you it made was... a face like it was a one. <laughs> no, I was just like, wait, what's his dex modifier? Uh, but I figured it out. It <laughs> spins and it, it like <laughs> roars again. And uh, now it's on the ground running and like jumping and trying to catch the air. Uh, but oh, it can't cool. with you on its back. Oh, uh, 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 I'm going to get you. And I hex it. It's just straight down. You have advantage. Yeah, straight down. I'm going to use this cursed dice. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. You can't have. It's a one in 400 it's chance. Not- that's not real! I rolled a double one. <gasps> this is insane. Absolutely not. I will I refuse to allow that. <laughs> Let luck intervenes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll mark down a luck. I have to. That's I'm so mad right now. Never again. I rolled a one. I I don't know what to do. I I, I feel haunted. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I'll you know how again. catastrophically bad. You know, this is what you get for not respecting the fucking bad luck god. Oh my god, dude, that's you didn't ward off Bishaba, and now here we this are. Is, this is some spooky magic. I didn't put you at the bottom of a river before, and now here's what we got to do. Okay, do it. The Manticore turns and thrashes uh, off of you. You are going to take. Is it still scared of me? Does that help? No, the fear is worn off. You're a pathetic little bunny. You take 21 piercing damage. Or sorry, 21 bludgeoning damage. This is truly chilling. As you slam against rocks on the gully floor. Ah! And as you're shaking, you hear, you're like, ah, trying to pull yourself off the ground. And then in the forefront of our shot, these giant paws come into view. You look up and see the rippling sinew of this beast, which opens its mouth, and you see multiple rows of teeth going back, like a uh, like a shark. But there's like four or five of them, and it <laughs> dislodges its enormous jaw, uh, big enough to swallow you whole. When <laughs> an arrow sticks into its uh, open mouth, and it goes limp and falls against the ground, its heavy breathing slows. You turn and see Eric. <sighs> I got it! Oh my god, Eric! He holds his bow in hand and raises it above his head. Did he really strike it down? Yeah, he uh, he got the winning. He rolled a 19. <gasps> oh my god, Myrie froze up. <laughs> Fair, justified. <laughs> Just, just pickled chicken and... <laughs> <laughs> and steam. 
and Steve. She's sobered out. She goes, Eric, thank God you're here. Are you alright? I saw you fall. That was, I'm, that looks painful. I'm fine. I'm fine. I feel like bad luck has been following me. Well, just stick with me. I'm apparently a pretty lucky oh guy. God. After all, I know you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh man, I was doing pretty well there for a second. Did you see what I jumped? That was on so that? cool. That was really. That was one oh of the times I wouldn't have even had the courage to shoot if I hadn't seen that. That was an incredible oh shame about poor Gilly. But I know. Of course. Sorry. Oh, I don't suppose you mind if I take the credit though for it. No, you you earned it. Thanks. <laughs> and with a hell of a shot there, and you know, click clap 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 clap, scratch 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 scratch. The other knights come down uh, and land next to you and goes. I saw that killing blow. Not only was it a wonderful uh, display of sportsmanship against this horrific beast, but it was a dazzling display of knighthood to save this poor lady. Excellently done, Eric. She furrows her brow at him. They missed all the cool shit you did. They only saw him (laughs) save you. Honestly, it's fine, even if he gets all the credit, but him calling her a poor lady, she gets... Yeah, he was a little bit sexist, this hunter. Oh, I get it. (laughs) It's a reality. This fantasy that we have, it's reality. That's not true. I know some very nice hunters. It's fine. We, we'll skip the business of you getting back on the horde hippogriffs and like <laughs> wrapping your uh, arms around Eric's waist and him like feeling kind of like a, a hero. He gets to give you a ride back. Like Thurston obviously offered, but like, you know, you ride with Eric and like he's nice. He's just, no, he's just your friend. He's cool, but he like, he still feels cool. Yeah. All the boys are like high-fiving yeah. him and stuff as he comes back up the tower. Yeah. You all land on the pinnacle. Yeah. Commander Moroska says, Well, Eric, as promised. And he hands him the ring with a garnet on it. Thank you. And of course, the real honor is from Our Lady. Uh, and he turns and you see flying across the moon. You did this earlier, but I had this prepared. So she also flies across the moon. This, you see the shadow of this winged woman. She is an elf and she has these wings and she like glides down to the top of this pinnacle where you all stand and lands gracefully. She carries herself very regally and wears, you can see, uh, this uh, jewel-encrusted diadem and holds a long spear. And she uh, lands and all of the Feathergill knights uh, sink into a low kneel and a bow. Myri bows just politely. <laughs> like, are you matching them? No, I don't think okay, I'm matching cool. them. I think she just instinctually bows normal. She, um... Looks past and eyes you, and then uh, walks up and says, Commander, you summoned me? Aye, my lady, yes. One of our knights, the young Eric here, has slain a manticore. I believe he has earned the favor of Yansi Bin. Our highest honor. Eric, do you accept? Well, well yeah, you know me. I mean, I'll, it's, an, it's an honor to be meeting your ladyship to begin with. And I, 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 I'm just, yeah, of course, I wanted to say I'm... I'm a mighty pleasure, uh, not pleasure, pleased. Mm-hmm. There's no pleasure. There is pleasure, but I'm not pleasuring myself. You're pleasuring me. I, uh, yes. She like nods to herself and um, she holds up her hand and this like uh, bowl manifests in it. Like this like kind of spins out of the wind into existence. And she takes her thumbprint and makes this uh, mark on his forehead it's a triangle with the triangle pointed toward the ground and then three like spokes coming off the top of it. Kind of like a carrot. Cool. It's like egg yolk mixed with pigment and it kind of dries on his forehead. And he goes, oh, I'm honored, my lady. She says, thank you for your service, Eric. For the glory of Yansi Bin. And she spins her uh, polearm like a uh, wind vane or like a, you know, a 
in a circle and then lands yeah. and thrusts and hits it him square in the chest with a lot of force and he stumbles backwards and falls off the tower uh can i try and reach and grab uh, him make a dexterity check keep that die as far away from me as possible uh 17 you dash forward and grab eric as he tumbles and you grab him by his shirt make a uh, strength check or an athletics check i'm gonna use luck yeah it's your superpower by all means use it 17 you hold him and you pull him back into place and he looks up at you terrified and all of the knights around you look at you so scared and the air is still you dare and the breeze starts up and uh, you see storm clouds begin to swirl around this tower she says who is this insolent whelp that dares interrupt my divine decree. She just showed up this morning like, silence. She points her uh, polearm at you. Who do you think you are? Um, I gotta go. <laughs> just start and run. Um, this invisible wall of wind buffets you back and knocks you to the ground. Um, like this force of wind kind of like knocks you over and all of the knights kind of like <gasps> huddle down below and um, like some of them start running toward the staircase uh, and a few of them get by there and then she like clenches with her hand in a breeze <sighs> snaps the shutters shut and uh, she whirls around her hat and begins flying up into the air and as she's whirling this bull arm you hear this spinning <laughs> like a bola and lightning cracks and <laughs> hits the bottom of the tower but it's a lightning struck tower um, which is also very unlucky and it <coughs> uh, cracks and wrenches and you feel this uh, terrible force of wind uh, you're clinging onto the grass as the gazebo <coughs> rips from the top and <sighs> begins flying away you see some of the knights uh, fall off the edges not named ones not ones we care about and they fall to the bottom as this now gazebo <sighs> flies at the uh, behest of this prophetess and goes off with you on top of it into the air. And before we cut, we look down at the bottom where on the lower levels, uh, in the, putting away the horses in the stables. Hippogriffs. Yes, yeah, sorry. Hippogriffs in the stables. Eric run, has like run down, but he was one of the first few to the staircase. And he looks up and uh, uh, Jimmy, the, the mean one, looks at him and goes, I'm sorry, Eric, I was unable to hold down the fort. Howdy, y'all, and thank you for listening to episode 37 of 1P D&D with Beverly Jean as Myrie Stonedaughter and Trevor Wade as everyone else. Joshua Penn Pearson did the score, and the chiptune cover of those Beatles songs was composed by Pipefrit005 on YouTube. This arc was inspired by the Wizards of the Coast story, Princes of the Apocalypse. This episode and a few upcoming, you're going to hear some discrepancies between uh, the book. If you've played through Princes of the Apocalypse, you are going to hear, we're not doing this in the usual way. Uh, that's because I felt like a big, massive dungeon crawl for a group uh, didn't really work with the story that we're telling with Myri. So I took a few liberties, thus the inspired by. Please do tell your friends about this podcast. Seriously, word of mouth is like the number one 
form of advertising and we don't do any other kind really. So it's just your recommendations that get our community to grow as well as your reviews on Apple Podcasts or following us on Spotify, wherever. Just like, share, and subscribe. This is the call to action. Please, please do do it. Please do do that voodoo that you do. Because you know this podcast is only as cool as our voodoo community, which reminds me you can interact with us on social media at 1PDND is the Instagram and hashtag 1PDND on Twitter. That's one like the number, P like the letter, D like the letter, N like the letter, and D like the letter. The Patreon is patreon.com slash Trevor D. Wade. The next episode is going to be up next Wednesday, which I hear a rumor that it's May 6th. So uh, that's the time for which to do the next one. Okay, enjoy the episode. Love you. Bye. Floating off you go into the wild blue yonder. That's right. Except it's not blue right now. It's gray and stormy. Because of clouds, there's lightning and thunder. You're on this, like, rooftop park that is now a floating earth moat. You're essentially in the tornado from the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, but at the center of this storm uh, is this winged, pale, slender woman uh, carrying a giant spear who the uh, Feathergale Knights referred to as uh, Queen Eresy. Cool. Is she attacking me? Are we at initiative? Not as of yet. She basically just conjured up this storm, but if, if you're not attacking her, she is not She's not directly attacked you. Copy. This could be Copy. perceived as an attack. Copy. As she has wings and is lifting up a building very high. True. And you who do not have wings is might not feel as comfortable. <laughs> Who's up here with us? Is it just me, her, and... Yeah. No, just you and her. Everybody else was, like, running downstairs. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. A couple of people fell over the side. Not everybody made it downstairs, but you're the only one who's left. Okay, cool. In the cutscene, the uh, arena was cleared. Myri is like holding on to like rocks and stuff, and the wind is mm-hmm. whipping her hair. Her hat flies away. God, I hope I get it back. <laughs> I made that myself. Anyway, her hat flies away, and she's looking at her, and she's like, Um, hey, I'm sorry. It's not cool to kill people. You interrupted me. Right. Nobody interrupts me. Well, guess what? It happened. Who do you think you are? And she's like whispering, but you can hear it in clear as day. I'm Myrie Stone Daughter, and I'm going to need you to put this down. Put it down? Very well. And she jumps backwards, and like the wings kind of flap in the air. And she like has her spear in hand and like is floating, and she snaps her fingers and you see the clouds clear and the piece of land that you're on begins to oh, snap. fall. <laughs> snap. Do I want to grab onto the god or do I just let this thing fall? How can I save myself the best? I can't tell you that, friend. But tell me anyway. Uh, okay, so you've got this thing that you're on right now that is plummeting. Uh-huh. Uh, she is a distance away from you, but you might be able to jump and grab, grab her onto little her. feet. Also, you've been like flying toward this thing. You can actually see there's a cliff wall, and there's a like waterfall coming out of it. It's near where you were hunting the manticore. Oh, sick! There's the river down below. You could fall into the water. You're not sure how deep it is, uh-huh. but it could. 
break your fall or your toes. I learned that if you don't point your toes when you enter water from high enough of a height, it'll just act like ground and snap your feet up. So I've always been afraid of that. But anyway, there's uh, you're above this like cleft in the gully where the waterfall is coming out, and you can actually see there's what look to be ruins, almost like a the like Mesa Verde cliffside dwellings. There's like these ruined buildings, and you can see this ziggurat in the center, like where the waterfall is coming from down below. So there's like a thing in here that she's kind of floating backwards toward. Uh, so you could maybe be able to grab that ledge. Okay. Or a third thing that I don't know about because because I'm me. Because <laughs> you're you, and I don't know how I don't know how your brain works. Like, are there hippogriffs? Also, remind me, did you take Misty Step? No. No. Okay. This would be a great opportunity for a Misty Step. <laughs> wow, thank you. How about a Lusory Script? <laughs> what can I use that? Yeah, you can use a Lusory Script to write a Wiley Coyote sign to hold up before you fall to your death. <laughs> It just says oops, oops in every language. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and jump for this cliffside. There's just a lot of unknowns with the river. I want to try and wait till this thing is like pretty close mm-hmm. and then kick off and try and grab this cliff's edge. Yeah, dude. So it's kind of like uncharted. Like it's tilting and falling and you uh-huh. like as it's tilting into this kind of ramp, you sprint down. And it's falling toward the cliff edge. And kind of right before it turns vertical, you kick off of it. Make an athletics check. Sick. And when I hit this cliff's edge, I want to shield the bottom of my body. Mm -hmm. Try and help myself here. 15. 15. Okay. You soar. And there's a moment of Myri flying without wings. And you slam into this cliffside, you have a momentary boom cushioning of this shield spell. Mm-hmm. It just goes boom and flies off, and you go to catch the edge. Make a dexterity check now. Thirteen. You soar and scramble and like are uh, grabbing onto rocks, which are the uh-huh. kind of like crumbling uh, in your hand, and you managed to get this handhold. Um, you need to make a now athletics check to pull yourself up. I freaking bet I do. 23. You heave. Uh, and like you basically pull yourself up and you realize you're on the wall of this ruined villa and you haul yourself up through a window and uh, land on the other side as you hear from this gazebo top crushing into the cliff and then falling into the gully below in your ears still as if she was right next to you you hear whisper take care of her great but now you rest in or i don't want to say rest but you are not falling in uh, a freestanding building it's a little more than a crumbling shell and a heap of rubble there's uh rooms and um like tiled floors it kind of looks like uh a building in pompeii or like an ancient roman villa the motes of dust float in the air, and in the silent gloom, you can hear something scratching at stones. I do not want to meet Whisper, but I probably will. I'm going to take this moment to use a Tom's ointment. Okay, I hear scratching at stone. Sick. Is it on the other side of this door that's in this room? There's not really... I mean, there's a doorway. There isn't really a door, but yeah, it appears to be coming from further... It doesn't appear to be coming from inside the room with you. 
so there's like light streaming through and Myri just like slips into the shadows next to the door and summons Talon and then she's gonna flip around out of it. She's like up against it like a spy like looking at it and then flip around out of it and try and fight whatever's there. Okay, uh, so you're trying to surprise it? Yeah. Okay, make a stealth check for the slipping into the shadows. See, 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 see. 16. You fade against the side of the wall and whip around, and it's still coming from down further out. You sneak down this hallway and press up against the door, and you can hear now it's on the other side, and you whirl around and uh, make an attack roll. 19. 19. You bring Talon through and slash immediately cleaving in twain this broom that was just pushing itself along it. <laughs> clatter, 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 clatter. Uh, okay. Weird. Make a perception check. Yeah. Nat 20. Hey! You see, there are several fucking da 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 style brooms sweeping uh, this plaza. Rubble is kind of being picked up by dustpans and uh, shunted into different sides. Um, you are on the streets of what appears to be a, uh, a ruined plaza of like a city. There's several streets converging uh, at this plaza in the center of which stands a 30 foot tall granite statue of a dwarf grasping a great stone lantern in an outstretched fist. Bright light emanates from the lantern, revealing ruined shops and their inner chambers extending into the rock of this cave. You can see you're in essentially a city carved into the side of this cliff. Carvings above the doors indicate the former professions of the shop owners that are now long gone. Uh, there's a tailor, a jeweler, a smith, a baker. But now all of that remains are rubble-strewn rooms. That's so cool. Can I find my hat? <laughs> uh, your hat blew off into the valley below. <laughs> Just checking. I don't care. It's fine. Myri squints her eyes and puts her hand over them because she has the sun mm-hmm. and uh, or the moon. And um, she looks around and feels a little bad about cutting this broom in half, but just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. She's going to walk forward and see if there's anything she should be. Well, like see if there's anybody awake, I guess, and see if she sees any more signs of this woman and I guess make a way toward... There's, like, no way to get down. Is there a way to get down in front of her? No, it's a sheer cliff face. You okay. can hear the the waterfall tumbling over the cliff uh, behind. Then, yeah, I want to explore okay. this a little and see if there's anybody alive. As you uh, come into kind of the center of this plaza, you can see to the right there's this promenade uh, lined with columns that leads to this ziggurat, this kind of stepped pyramid in the middle of a pool. Water flows around it and then cascades off into the waterfall uh, down below. But you can uh, now see like this essentially palatial looking building. I made a perception check earlier. I think with that, the lingering 20 of uh, that perception check, you can also see there are lots of armed guards marching around. Oh, snap. Are they dwarves? Are they humans? Uh, They appear to be human. They are all wearing white robes with these gray masks over them. The masks do not appear to be made of stone. They appear to be made of metal. And they have a kind of like this feathered shawl on their shoulders. But they march around carrying spears. As you're looking at that, you see Erisi 
this woman float and descend onto the top of this palace where a wyvern, a giant uh, winged reptile, like rolls its neck and breathes at her and it lowers its head and she like pats it as she passes and walks into the center of that palace. Snap. Okay, cool. I don't want to be seen by these guards. Can I hide? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Make a stealth check. Can I be a sneaking? 17. Okay. You get back a little little out of the light uh, from this plaza and can hide in the crook of a shop. The guards aren't heading toward you. They're just marching around, right? Yeah. Okay. Are there anything in these shops that I can use, by the way? Make an investigation check. 19. Uh, You are poking around in this old shop. You can see, like, there's shelves, there's shattered uh, display cases, old tools, but nothing. Like, the only thing that have remained are tools of uh, what are, like, clearly dwarven make. So they've lasted the ages, but they're not of particular use to you, I guess, there unless you can find a use for an old hammer and tongs. Right. As you're searching, though, in this old smithy, you're like, there's a giant set of bellows that you're, like, mulling over and being like, can anything be done with this? Um, when you feel your head slammed against it, uh, you are going to take four bludgeoning damage. And go ahead and roll initiative. Okay. Ooh, natural one. <laughs> I rolled it too. Um, <laughs> that sucks. It does suck. Do I need uh, to add anything since it's initiative? I don't remember if that matters. I don't know if natural ones matter for initiative. Uh, it says generally checks do not have critical effects unless we're playing house rules. So, yeah, I think you can add, still add your dexterity. My charisma and my dex. Right, because you're a swashbuckler. Because I'm a swashbuckler. Because you've buckled all your swashes together. Then it's an eight. Then it's an eight. Beats a six. Okay, uh, you go first. Yes, dude. You just had your head slammed into these bellows. What is this? <laughs> Can I whip around <laughs> and look? You whip around and you see nothing. No. Uh, oh, only I had my magical eyeballs. Eyeballs were invented by Shakespeare. Okay. You need to be careful there because this assassin <laughs> that's been sent after you that you can't see with your eyeballs. Uh, is this room kind of small? Is it just a shop? Yeah. It's about 30 feet, 30 by 20. Sorry, 10 yards by six and a half yards. Okay, sick. Um, can I use dirt in this room and try and throw it around? And <laughs> You are standing in front of uh, soot like the, from oh, this yeah, yeah. Uh, old forge. So yeah, I, I want to say... grab two handfuls of soot and like throw it around me to try and outline this person. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, go ahead and make a... I'm gonna say just roll a d20. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's a four. Four? You throw soot uh, into the air and it like floats among the dust motes and wow. you're watching to see if it collects on any form, but all you see is it uh, get pushed out of the way as this rushing piece of wind slams toward you again. Dang. That was hella innovative, though. Um, that's a critical hit. Oh, no, but don't! Take seven no bludgeoning damage. No spells. Okay. Because you used shield. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Um, better than death. Better than death. Well, I think he's right in front of me, so I'm going to Eldritch Blast him before he can move. All right, you have disadvantage, but go ahead. Sick. So 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Uh, we'll hit. <laughs> 
eight damage coming at it. Okay. Does it appear though? Do I see it? Oh, sweetie, no. <laughs> but okay. you do eight damage. Okay, I shoot it again at disadvantage. Uh-huh. 16. Will hit. Sick. Five damage. Even though your cowboy hat's gone, the wind whips back your cloak and you uh, raise up your fingers. <laughs> Fire off two Eldritch Blasts, which both slam into something. As it hits, you see this like quick like flash of bluish purple. You just see this uh, inhuman mask, almost like a Kylo Ren mask, but with like deep hollow eyes and this night visor mouth um, go and then uh, wisp away almost as quickly as you see it. You did some damage though and as you're walking looking around in this smithy you're now kind of prepared. You hear this rush of wind and a and you duck to the side of this uh, fist which knocks these like hanging tongs off and they clatter clatter to the ground. Uh, it's your turn. Sick. I'm gonna uh Pull out my shield and then try to hexblade this thing. Should I get it disadvantage? You, yeah, you still have disadvantage. It's still okay, invisible. Oh, double sixteens! I don't know why I always roll doubles. It's kind of spooky. That is. Um, but so together, that's twenty something. Uh, will hit. Twenty-three. Thirteen damage altogether. Yeah, you sl- uh, slash through the air, and it's weird. It's um, it's just like for a moment, it gets a little bit thicker. But you don't feel like you make contact with anything. There's just this, like... It's like you go from slashing air to water to air again. Interesting. But you definitely feel contact. And there's a... Sound as it uh, rushes around. I think we, we see you, like, shield up, sword out. Uh, uh-huh. Looking around, trying to find where this thing is. And uh-huh. the camera behind you sees the hammer from this... Oh, shoot. ...smithy lift up and... Swing at you. 19 plus 6. 19, though, you turn just in the nick of time. Boom! And knock, and there's a sound like an anvil. Clang! As you uh, batter back with your shield. Yes. It's your turn. Sick. I'm gonna hexblade curse this thing. <gasps> She's doing it, Peter! <laughs> She's doing it! Um, Except that my dear sweet friend, as a bonus action, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. No! Main thing about this dude. <laughs> this sucks. But I appreciate the I instinct so much. I respect. I hate this. That you wanted that. I'm so that. mad that I don't use my X-Lake curse because I can't. I can't see it. <laughs> uh, fine. I hexblade this. I fight it. I fight this invisible creature. Oh, wait. Let me do it at disadvantage. Fight this thing that I can't see. Oh, got rid of that crit. Um, God, you hate, oh, you hate to see that happen. I'm Shame. not mad. <laughs> been a real hard turn for me. Dude, critting for you, though, is a huge fucking thing. Yeah, 21. That's why it's cool that with your Hexblades curse, you crit on a 19, unfortunately. I know, Trevor. I know. I'm just being a butt. 19 will hit, though. 18. Damage. Damn, dude. Yeah, there's that same weird thickness as you slice through the air. Um, The hammer drops, uh, and it... You hear the sound of rushing wind, and like... There's this breeze kind of clinking, like almost like wind chimes. All the tools that are still on the racks are rattling against one another. And then there's a moment of stillness. And you feel a rush of wind as can it hit you. It's got advantage. That'll do it. Um, Yeah, 24. Oh, yeah, because you can't use shield. Never mind. I was going to say, I can't tell you what it is before. 
but... Ooh! Take nine bludgeoning damage. Jeez Louise. Uh, in fact, you get slammed onto this anvil. I'm slammed on the anvil? Yeah. You get slammed down on the anvil in this forge. Can I grab it at all? Uh, like to... Yeah, make a grapple check. You have disadvantage, but it's an athletics check. Oh, it's so good! 22! 22. Okay, you grab at it, and then your hands, you feel like you have something in your grip, and then it slips through, and you're just, like, hugging yourself. Oh man. Yeah. Of course. That's fine. While I'm hugging myself, then I just want to reach out. Can't, am I allowed? You want to reach out, touch face? No, I touch face. And stab it. Um, no, your action was to grapple it. Copy. But you learned that it can't be. But, damn, even with advantage, I think even you just trying to grab it threw it off its game, and it... Uh, swings wide and you hear the rush of air almost like a baseball was thrown right by your head wild but now it is your turn and you can reach out stab face great uh i feel it rush past me and i immediately turn on it and just like Mm -hmm. rapier point at it 15 uh will hit bro oh my god so fun oh my god so fun 24 shit dude i know you hear this sound like air being let out of a balloon, but not the farty kind. Not yet. You hear just like a tss, like a you hear a puncture wound, like somebody slashed a tire. Just tss, as this uh, the air like uh, leaks out into the air, and oddly you smell lemongrass. Ooh. Yeah, this thing's blood smells like lemongrass. I love lemongrass. Anything else you want to do on your turn? Yeah, you feel invigorated. I love it. <laughs> I feel healthy. No, there's nothing I can do. Okay. Your hair, now without your hat, uh, blows in the breeze of this, and it's your turn. Oh, snap, dude. Let's finish this thing. It's a 20. A dirty. Dirty 20? Roll dim damn. 17 damage. How do you kill it? So, yeah. She, like, (laughs) Neo dodges it to the side and, like, watches the air go past, Mm -hmm. and it, like, makes her hair go back as she's looking at it from the side. Mm -hmm. And then as she springs back to forward, she just raises her hand in like a thumbs up with her sword up mm-hmm. and it dies. Does it appear or is it just the wind? No, it now there's a sound like a Good. as it out of existence and you turn in your hair and it spins like a Pantene commercial and you just cool. Flustered. But then when it like dies, now your hair's all like blown about and hinged, like wind strewn <laughs> like, really and gross. super messy. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. And you hear a voice uh, say, What is all this racket? 